Welcome, Craft Beer Friends, to Season 7, Episode 1 of Taps of Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man and home brewer from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? You know, Denny, I feel like I say this every time you ask me that, but man, I was so looking forward to getting on here with you and just drinking some beer. It was about 1.30 this afternoon, and I'm going, damn it, I can't wait to get on this show and just drink beers with Denny and talk about beer. Excellent. Uh, Yeah, I I was very much looking forward to this, but I am doing very well, and in my glass tonight, I'm drinking a beer that came from one of our listeners, uh, from William uh, Schlemmer. The last beer that I have in my hands from him is from City Lights Brewing. It's their Imperial Coconut Porter. Ooh, yeah. And I, I, oh, when I opened it and poured it in the glass, it smelled a little sweeter. But here's we're gonna do kind of a lot of cake. Okay, quick. okay. Slurp, slurp, so, slurp. Mm-hmm, so <laughs> it's it's really kind of the mouth feels kind of soft. Almost, I'd almost call it velvety, but it's not really like super heavy mm-hmm. um and then you get this coconut flavor and then it fades into this really deep dark roast oh nice i like this beer a lot nice so it mm-hmm. so the coconut is just it it just accentuates the beer to give you a little bit of that hint of coconut without overtaking it and still giving you that porter uh flight you know yep. roastiness that you think nice i yep. like that and, and i was honestly when i when i opened this beer um you know i just like you i just hoovered down dinner a second ago <laughs> um, and i was like man i don't know if i'd really be up for like something super sweet this is nice because the the kind of the sweetness of the coconut balances out that roast really good and the roast the roast is bigger mm-hmm. than um than most porters i've had uh and it, it just works out really well because you get that that coconut flavor it lasts for a couple of seconds and then it turns into this roast just this roasty porter it's almost a it's almost a, a stout. It's a porter. Yeah, yeah, it's almost a stout. It was as roasty as this thing is. But it, 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 is, really it is an imperial porter, so I, I'm guessing maybe they kind of are getting close to that stout level yeah, with that imperial. on that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, really enjoying this one. Thank you, William. Uh, this beer is terrific. Uh, what about you, Denny? How's your day going? What's in your glass? My day is going fantastic, and like you... I have just been waiting for the day to get over so we can get on here and talk about beer. I got so much fun stuff to talk about. And, of course, I love sharing it with you. And I love drinking beer. So let's go ahead and start drinking some beer with with uh, Firestone Walker's Luponic Distortion IPA Series, number 16. And uh, this one is featuring, see it says, hints of peach, pear drop, and dragon fruit. and it says there on, on the can that this is uh, coming 100% from the hops. No additions added, just hops give you all these different hints of flavors in this beer. And they're coming from Germany, the Pacific Northwest, and New Zealand. So there's a wide, I mean, that's, that's around the world hops in this beer. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, um, it's, I, I try to get every single one, a six pack of every one of these Lupon disorder distortions because I really like this beer. And uh this one is good. I don't think I rated it as I think I rated it like a three and a half or maybe a four. I can't remember. I I may not have rated it as high as I rated the other ones, but uh, I do appreciate it. And 
you can you can get a hint of each of those you know kind of uh, elements that I talked about now you might ask what is a pear drop right when I first when I read that I'm like pear drop what the heck is that so I looked it up do you know what a pear drop is Chris is it a hop no oh no it's a it's a it's a candy from England oh yeah it's like a, a I think it's a soft or hard I think it's a soft jelly candy called a pear drop and it's a mixture of two different candies there i guess and i never knew that but i guess it it might add a little bit of that of a, a sweet candy character that that you know that they're telling about this pear drop might be a little bit of that pear candy sweetness mm-hmm. um but you definitely get some peach in it right up front luckily the peach isn't too strong so it doesn't come across like you're you know like you know puke or anything it's it's actually very <laughs> it's very pleasant so I, that's what I'm drinking. I have two cans of this sitting right here. I just, just before we start the show, you and I both cracked open our, our, uh, our beers and poured it. So this is a fresh beer. I have another one sitting right here on my desk. So when I finish this one, I'll just down another one. And that's probably all I'm going to drink tonight because Sarah's got me on a low, a low beer diet. Okay. Uh, she's trying to watch my health. And, uh, I, I went to get my, my annual physical last week and, I've been working out. I thought I was really doing well watching, you know, watching my my weight and what I eat. But it turns out maybe I might have been partaking in too much bacon. Uh, you know, everyone loves bacon, right? You don't need that kind of negativity in your life, Denny. Yeah. So my <laughs> cholesterol uh, was, was 30 points higher than last year. And I thought it was going to be 30 points lower than last year. So guess what? I'm back on my low... I'm always low cholesterol for the most part. You know, I, we don't eat any red meat. We do eat pork and I do eat bacon and I do eat eggs. Those are eggs and bacon are the two things that I think and butter, real butter. Uh, those things probably are what elevated me up because since we've been in quarantine and, and working at home a lot, guess what? I'm making a lot of breakfast, you know, bigger breakfasts during the week. Than I would normally if I'm working at the office because normally I eat oatmeal, uh, you know, a smoothie or cream of wheat or you know something light like that in the morning. And now that I'm home, we can go ahead and bust out the big old breakfast and eat you know eggs and bacon every day for breakfast. Well, you know what? If you eat eggs and bacon every day for breakfast, guess what? Your cholesterol is going to go 30 points higher. So I'm just going to give that little. Uh... <laughs> That's your medical advice. For this yeah, day. yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm continuing to do my my daily work. I, I'm adding. I, I was doing three um, cardio workouts a week. I'm now going to do four. Uh, I have a retest of my cholesterol scheduled already for the first week of November, and my goal is to not only lower my goal is to lower it, lower my cholesterol back down below those thirty points I gained. That's my goal. My ultimate goal is to do that plus twenty. And I'll be happy. If I can lower 50 counts, then I will be in good shape and I can start drinking more again. Oh, yeah. So, well, good. Best of luck to you. Let us know how we can help you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Sarah's got me on a one to two beer a night and one day a week, no beer at all. That's not that bad. I, I can handle that. She's not being too, too rough on me. She's meeting you in the middle. She's, yeah. Appreciate yeah, that. yeah. She could have really been hard on me and say, you know, you know, beer only on the weekends and, and whatever. And 
it, but beer doesn't add to cholesterol. It just adds to the, it's carbohydrates that just doesn't help the whole, you know, that whole thing. So that's why I'm only drinking two beers tonight, Chris. So I won't be getting wasted. I, I drank water up until now. And now I'm going to drink my two beers with you. Well, I had I, a can of, I had a can of Florida man before we started. Oh yeah. How is that? I've seen a bunch of people uh, drinking that. Is it a, a decent beer? Yeah, I um I like this one a lot. I think uh I don't think it was the last episode, but the episode before that, uh, I talked a little bit about it. And when I tried it uh, four or five years ago, initially mm-hmm. I don't remember liking it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> but now, now I wish I could get more of it. Okay. And I mean, I can. Yeah, you can because you live right down the street from the brewery, right? <laughs> yeah, it's about thirty <laughs> minutes away now. We used to live like ten, fifteen minutes from it. Yeah. But. The only time I go there now is when it's time to go pick up my bottles from their bottle club. Yeah, yeah, which you will be doing more because you just signed up for another year. Yeah, I did. Sucker. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you say that. So, well, it, it's only paid off once, but uh, <laughs> when so my buddy Trey and I, and I feel like I'm going to get some hate mail for this one, but <clears throat> my buddy Trey and I, we both bought a membership, mm-hmm. right? And we so we both we got two sets of bottles, and we saved a set of bottles. And sold one set of bottles for twice the actual cost. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember yeah. that. So we got to drink a whole set for free, basically, mm-hmm. and made 250 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, so, um, that's a good deal. Way. That's a good deal. Get to drink for free and then, you know. <laughs> well, and, and plus it helps because you don't want to drink those by yourself. So if you're sharing it with someone and you're both enjoying it, then you it, then it works, and then you can, like you said, you each buy one, sell one, and now you got you drink them for free. That's that's perfect. I I'm, yeah. I don't blame you. No, and that that one was the only one we were able to do it with. He uh, the the next one after that, we tried to do it. Um, we ended up drinking them both. And then the, <laughs> the, the one after that, he didn't get in on it. He was like, "Yeah, I really can't spend the money." And I was like, "Okay, I mean, I get it. That's, yeah, that's fine." Yeah. But, All right. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's a pretty good uh, intro into the podcast. But before we get too far into the details of all our beer drinking, let's go ahead and let all of our new listeners know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listeners, along in your craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 157. We're recording on Monday, July 27th, 2020. And in this episode, we will be discussing more about hops. We're going to learn more about hops. We're going to dive this time into the English hops. And there's not a lot of English hops. In fact, I only there's mentioned three. three. Well, there's more than three. <laughs> there's a bunch of – it's hard It's hard when you kind of like, uh, you know, try to focus right in on, on a, a region of hops because there's primarily one or two that are used in a lot of beers. And there might be a lot of – splintered off hops that you know you know are, are kind of a mix of something else you know blend of of two hops that are already there you know they're kind mm-hmm. of like, like subtle offshoots of the hops but i did pick there's two main hops that we'll talk about that everyone has heard about and tasted and then i'll talk about one other one that kind of interests me of the the side mm-hmm. hops so we'll, we'll talk about three hops well, but yeah can we do a can we do a quick quick fun fact sure According to BritishHops.org.uk, there are 34 British hop varieties available today. Yeah. 
according to Wikipedia, there's 80. Yeah, yeah. As of 2012, and the 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 uh, BritishHops.org that article was published on February 26th of this year. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I mean, again, we could find a bunch of because it depends on whether or not those were like raised and grown in England, and there's no other. They're not coming from other areas because a lot a lot of them I found they're they weren't native to England, right? Mm. They were brought. They were studied by. And I can't think of the damn university. We'll talk about it in a in a show. But now I can't, I drew a blank on the university. But there's a there's a university there that that really studied from the you know the the 50s on, maybe even before the 50s, the 30s on, maybe about hops. And hmm. they did a bunch of studies and 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 talk about these different hop strains and stuff. So I, yeah, there's probably eight you know 80 or whatever. But we're gonna talk about three of those. The three important ones, at least two important ones, and then one extra just for fun. And we have a few craft beer articles just for a little good measure because you know what? We always want to keep you guys up to date with all the happenings in the craft beer world. And you can count on Chris and I having some great conversation along the way. And now let's get this conversation started because now it's time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. Yeah, so let's find out what our listeners are drinking. And remember, if you want to be featured on our Untapped the Craft segment, make sure you follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. So we're going to start off with Robbie. <laughs> oh. Um, that's all it is on the name. Robbie in Richmond, Virginia. He is drinking a Game On by Smart Mouth Brewing Company at the Marriott Virginia Beach Oceanfront. Oh, nice. Um, and there is a beach in his picture, so I believe he checked into the, uh, the appropriate location. He says, bright and citrusy. I get some lemon zest with a West Coast finish. <laughs> I like it. Four and a quarter caps for that beer. Uh, Matt Knight is drinking a 11-day power pills by Thin Man Brewery at the Sugar Creek Glen Campground. Uh, gave that three and three quarter caps, light, crisp, and crushable. Great camping beer. Toast mm. that one. Mm -hmm. uh, next on the list. Come on, computer. You can do it. All right, Kevin Page. Let's see. We've got Kevin Page drinking a From Precarious Places by Burial Beer Company. Still going through that burial beer stash you got from mm. the trip. Um, four solid caps there. He writes solid peach sour with some, I don't know what that emoji is. Looks like oh. chocolate. Oh. Uh, no, not poop. <laughs> <laughs> solid peach sour with some chocolate on the back end. It looks like a candy bar. Uh, deducting a quarter cap for the $24 price tag. Mm. Mm. And didn't even get the French broad chocolate, French broad chocolate <laughs> bar with it. Um, <laughs> Oh, so he, 24 bucks he, that's crazy he, just like you will take ratings lower because of the price tag that's right mm -hmm. that's right if i if i'm paying that high of a price I, it better blow my damn socks off that's what i gotta well, say you need some better socks <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see on to the next one uh-oh the gnarly gnome 
drinking a Corona hard seltzer tropical. Oh, lime. damn. We got the My Corona Modelo. Now I'm going to finish this one, but then I'm going to bring up a little hard seltzer chat. Real okay. Quick. Okay. Uh, he says, this is going to seem dumb, <laughs> but it's a little watery compared to some of the other ones I've had. I, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, <laughs> no ratings on that one. Now I want to bring up one that because Megan's been buying them a lot recently. Okay. Uh, the, the different seltzers. She had a Bud Light seltzer at dinner tonight. Okay. Uh, she said she hated it. She said, I'm never buying this again. It's garbage. <laughs> you know who she makes ex- our... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, she expected any, anything more than from that? Uh, no, I guess not. But I, um, I, I was pleasantly surprised. We have... Um, we get one here called Wild Basin. Yeah. Yep. Which is... Did, I don't know if we talked about this before. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Oscar, Blue, Oscar Blues makes that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's fantastic is it good that's that's the only brand i wanted to try and we can get we do get a sampler pack here at one store mm-hmm. in in boise and when i first we first did that whole remember we did a whole hard seltzer yeah uh thing that was the one that i was focused on because it looked like they had like put a lot of effort into it and it has some unique i mean they're all the flavors are kind of similar between the breweries but this one looked like it was a good a good brand to try and and to use as mixers for your mm-hmm. harder drinks. Yeah. But after I started, you know, I don't know. I just kind of I, I, when we did the show, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll 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 grab some and try it out. And then I just started thinking that you know what, I don't think I want to waste my liver on this stuff. So I just never <laughs> I never pursued it. Yeah. Out of out of all of them in general, I mean, we've Megan's purchased a handful of them just to kind of try them. They're they're good for sitting by the pool, going to the beach. They're not heavy. They're yeah, not super yeah. sweet, anything like that. Um, and she's gone through a fair, a fair amount of the different brands, White Claw, um, mm-hmm. Henry's, which uh, I think Sam Adams brewed that one, okay. uh, but they're not making it anymore. And um, But this, out of all of them, she keeps going back to the Wild Basin. And I believe it's just because the – oh, did you hear that? Yeah, what was that? Thunder. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to tell you, it's there's a big thunderstorm going through. Um, and, but the, the Wild Basin has been, in my opinion, too, the best out of all of them. The wow. balance of flavor, the, the amount of flavor that's in them, whether okay. it's whatever fruit it happens to be, I'd say go for it. Okay, uh, maybe I will. Uh, uh, and, what's and your favorite far, flavor? Uh, the cucumber peach. Ooh, Ooh okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, but that's the, okay. So that's stuck in my mind because she had that one yesterday and I stole a few swigs off of it and she said, Oh yeah, this one, this one's my, my favorite out of all of them. But the, uh, uh, wild basin boozy water, um, <laughs> I think there's four flavors in it. And if this webpage would load, I could tell you what they were. Uh, there was hibiscus something. There was, yeah, like, Lime, a lime one. I'm trying to remember back. This is bringing back my old age, yeah. my old man uh, memory from last year when we talked about this. Okay. There's cucumber peach. Yeah. Um, that one I haven't seen. That one's called yumberry. Uh, I haven't seen that one either. Okay, so there's uh, there's a lot of flavors available. Classic lime. I know I've seen okay. that one. Yeah. Margarita. Uh, lemon. Time. Yeah, lemon agave hibiscus. Yeah, that could be margarita time. Too. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about trying. And uh, melon basil. That one was pretty good too. I like that one. Oh, I love basil and yeah, melon so both. They they were um, 
surprisingly good. And definitely could be amazing mixers too. Okay. Uh, you're, you're talking me into it. I, I talked myself out of it, but now you're talking me back into trying. Well, that's where I stop. This is my sales <laughs> process. I put it up into your brain. I'm closing from here. All right. You're the closer. All right. So next on the list, uh, Stephen Lilly is drinking a hashtag Tryin, that's T-R-Y-N for you playing at home, Tryin, the number two, a letter B, cool, <laughs> trying to be cool, by the Devil Trumpet Brewing Company. No notes, no rating on that one, but the uh, can art's pretty cool. It just looks like some graffiti yeah. on the can. Jim Kudzall is drinking a first cut by Trogues Independent Brewing Company. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was independent. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Trogues Brewing Company, refreshing and smooth IPA with mango fruit additions. Great summer drink. Mango flavor is subtle, as it should be. Haven and Tara enjoying the pool in the pick. Oh, uh, got a pool four. action, huh? Yeah. So he got uh, four caps for the first cut. Um, but but I got to say, guys, I'm disappointed. You're drinking out of regular glassware. In what? The pool. Where's the in damn a- bee cups? And. It's a, there's a beer bottle there. <laughs> That's not safe. I'm going to have to get the pool police out there. Oh. If you were in Vegas, that would not fly. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. So that's okay. It's okay. You gave it a good enough rating. We'll, we'll let it slide. Just don't break anything. Um, <laughs> next on the list is going to be Jeff Seiler. He's drinking a Genesee Ruby Red Kolsch. Ooh, love that Genesee beer. Brewing Company. Yes. Uh, big grapefruit aroma and flavor. Really tasty Kolsch. Great summer crusher. Yes. Glad I got a 12-pack of this one. Four and a quarter cap. Nice. That's You know what? Every time I read, and I, I've tried a couple of these Genesee beers, every time I read these, I wish more and more that we saw more than just the cream ale here. Yeah, yeah. This Ruby this Ruby Kolsch one, it is so good. I I love it. I, I if, if I could get a 12-pack, I'd be drinking a 12-pack right now, too. <laughs> yeah. I um, I actually have a cream ale in my new and noteworthy this week. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Knight is drinking a beer. Part of it is in Russian. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. drinking, he's drinking a Baltica number no. 8 wheat by Baltica Breweries. Yeah. Which... Uh, he's drinking that at Sugar Creek, Sugar Creek Glen Campground in Baltica Breweries in St. Petersburg, Russia. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right. So getting some Russian beer on your camping trip. He writes such an underrated beer. Yeah. Four cap rating for that. Yeah. I think I've had that. I've had Baltica before. I think I've had that one. I, it actually is pretty good. Okay. Uh, let's see. None of my other friends have had this one. Oh, wait. Friends. Click friends. Uh, Matt's had it. Matt's had it a few times. Matt has had it a lot of times. Okay, he really likes it. Yep, you're not on that list. Okay, I've had it. a different. I've had a different Baltica though. Yeah, you I, probably have. Yeah. All right, continuing on with the check-in, uh, the the check-in streak. Chad Lamasa is drinking a Riot Ghost 878 by Adroit Theory, and on this gave it a five cap rating. Wow, nice. Yeah. Um, was it because it, the artwork? Because it was metal? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I don't see the can. I don't have the the app open. But was is it is it can metal or is it? Well, of like course, it's, it's like, metal, Denny. It's okay. aluminum. 
No, no, I mean like I know I'm just messing metal, with you. Like rock. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, no, on the front of it, it looks like uh, if I'm reading this right, it's pretty much a GI Joe character on the front of it. He oh. writes Snake, Snake Eyes, and Storm Shadow are two of my favorite characters from GI Joe, and I think these are two favorites. Oh, these, and I think. These are my two favorites of the G.I. Joe series so far. This is a damned fine hazy IPA, by the way. Um, so I guess it's a, uh, a little series they got going on. Okay. Sounds That's good. Pretty, yeah, the can art's pretty cool. I like it. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, five cap rating on that one. So glad somebody's getting some five cap beers. Um, ooh, I've had this beer. Uh, Jeff Seiler. Is drinking a drafty kilt by Monday Night Brewing, and uh, four and a quarter caps for him again. Delicious Scotch ale, malty, sweet, caramel goodness, mm. solid. Need to find the bourbon barrel aged version. Yeah, I do like a barrel aged Scotch ale. As long as it's done not too potent, yeah, it'd be good. What about like Backwoods Bastard from Founders? I do like that beer. That's good. Mm. Is yeah. that one? That one's barrel aged. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So Dirty Bastard is the regular version. Backwoods Bastard is the barrel Oh, version. okay. Okay. Uh, next on the list, Haven Carlson is drinking a shared universe borrowed design by Graft Cider. So good that my dad drank three cans in one go, <laughs> and mom got none. Oh, damn. Wow. Oh, Jim is in the doghouse. Well... <laughs> He just happens to drink faster than, than Tara. <laughs> wow, it must be really good. So sorry deals. about your luck. <laughs> uh, four and three quarter cap rating on that beer. Yeah, that that's pretty good for you, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, that's funny. All right, Robert, chew your beer. Is drinking an analog distraction by Bottle Logic Brewing. Uh, four cap rating on this beer, and he writes thick beer, but has a lager aftertaste. Lots of flavors going on. Nine point one ABV, but drinks like a five. Holy smokes! Damn, that's, a, <laughs> that's not. That's a little bit. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a it's a double IPA. Oh, okay. Yeah, I and I read it too. I was like, Jesus. I was thinking a it was a, like a lager. I was like, Holy yeah. smokes! <laughs> Has lager aftertaste. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, next on the list, James Martinez. I don't read much. I don't get to see much by him. Uh, he's here in Tampa. He's drinking an Endless Love Ooh. by Brighter Days Brewing Company. My Where's Endless yeah. Love. Yep. <laughs> and every time I hear that song, I don't know if you do this, but every time I hear that song, I think of that scene in Happy Gilmore. Oh, which which scene? Remind me. Um. So where he takes uh the blonde haired lady, what was her name in the movie? Virginia. She's like the PR person for the golf tour mm -hmm. and they go skating around the, uh, the ice rink on the private ice oh, rink. Yeah. And then the, Zamb the Zamboni drivers like lip syncing the words. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, no notes on this endless, on this endless love, yeah. um, by, uh, by brighter days, but he gave it three and three quarter caps rating. Um, Chad Lamasa again is drinking a port to port by Union Craft Brewing. Dirty sailors going port to port. <laughs> um, a dark lager that's interesting. Oh, I love dark lager, actually, quite good with a four cap rating. Oh, there, nice. And, and this, I don't think this is going to be the last one because I have to hit refresh, but I'm 
I'm ex- Oh, it is the last one. We're going out with a bang. Okay. Oh, because I got tagged in this one. John Ream. Oh, John's drinking on Untapped? Is drinking a Super Sumo by Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. Oh, nice. No no notes, but uh, four and a half caps. Nice. And uh, no notes or anything, but this was about an hour ago. Um, he popped up on social media and stuff today, too. What? But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's riding his bike. So he's still alive. He is still alive. Yeah. Uh, riding his bike, drinking some beer. John, John, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. You haven't messaged us in forever. I know. So he's either falling behind or we just suck. Yeah. Or, or we're just, everything we say is right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Let's true. go with that one. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 we're dead on. It. Yeah. We yep. nailed it. Nailing it. But that's what everybody's drinking on Untapped. Nice. That's some good beers right there. I had some good laughs. We had some good singing. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit of everything. That's a good untapped session there. So let's get into our new and noteworthy beers. I'm going to go ahead and start this off. I don't have as many this time as I did last time. I do have, what, one, two, three, four, five beers, but I'll go quick. So my first beer is from the same brewery that I had. I think I read this off the last episode or maybe the episode before last. I don't remember. They all run together. But I remember I had that awesome, cool ship, dark lager. Well, it was from the OEC Brewing out of Connecticut. Ordinum Eccentricy Cocktours, which you read off being like (laughs) funny, funny, crazy dudes or something like that, right? I don't remember what it meant, but. Um, It was, yeah, it was, uh, where'd it go? Yeah, eccentric brewers or something Exc- like that. Yeah, eccentric, yeah, eccentric brewers. But this one's there. It's a different. Uh, so Sarah went to the co-op and said, "Hey, uh, you want me to pick up any beers?" I said, "You know what? If you find anything that's, you know, that's you know lighter uh, for the summer, it's been hot, and I want something lighter, not necessarily IPAs." And she go, "Okay." So she went and did a great job picking out some lighter uh, ales and lagers for me, some pilsners and some lagers and. Uh, summer ales. It was very nice. She had a good selection. Very proud of her. And she knew how much I really enjoyed that black lager. So she bought me some more of that black lager. What a wonderful wife because I gave that a five cap rating. And she went ahead and picked up this other beer that OEC had at the co-op. And it's their Cool Ship Lager Euro Pale Lager. Same, same concept, right? They uh, brew the beer, double decoction. So they, you know, we're not going to get into the decoction, but basically you, you brew it and then you, uh, you use the, the, I don't know. It's, it's, it's in the mashing where you, you use the mash water again to, to, you know, decock it. I don't know. But you what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you do that. And then they, when they're, when the brew's done, so that, that decoction adds an extra body to the, the beer. It gives mm-hmm. it a thicker body, a nice, nice heavy body. And then they go ahead and throw it in a cool ship, which is an open fermentation tank for, I think, a day. And it gathers all the yeast that's floating around in the wild into there. And then they go ahead and they pop it into a fermented tank. And I think they add some more yeast and then they, they brew it up. And then it comes out uh, and they don't pasteurize it. They don't uh, filter it. It comes out, you know, dirty, <laughs> I guess. And it, but it, man, the beer is fantastic. And I love that black lager. And I'll tell you what, I loved this Euro Pell Lager, uh, which 
was in a it was a, a Czech style lager or, or pilsner type uh, beer. I'll tell you what, I am not you know I, I've mentioned the show before. I'm not a huge fan of Czech uh, pilsners because the bitterness kind of comes across a little bit earthy to mm-hmm. me that I don't like. This one had some of those earthy characters from that the hops, but it mellowed out like like right away. It didn't wasn't sharp and, and harsh. Was fantastic. I literally first sip I drank of this beer, I fell in love with it. By the time I was done with it, I was just like, I need more of this in my life. Mm. Five five cap rating. Two yeah. two five cap ratings from two beers that I've had from this brewery. I only had two, both five cap ratings. I can't stress enough. If you enjoy good quality lagers, you owe it to yourself to go find this brewery and try their lagers. They're, they are really fantastic. So there you go. Well, guess what? I'm not done with five cap ratings. <laughs> I got another one for you. And it's from my one of my favorite breweries, Revision Brewing out of Reno, Nevada. And no, it's not a New England IPA. It's an Imperial Stout. Their Black is Beautiful Imperial Stout, five cap rating. Uh, let me go ahead and, uh, of course, now I was going to read what I had on a tap for that Cool Ship one, but I'm totally like off on a on a tangent, so I'll just skip that one and go into the the Black Butte. Not the Black Butte, the Black is Beautiful. Now, I'm not even drinking that heavy, and I'm still uh, messing up. I write in an untapped. I say, wow, big roast flavor with coffee accents. Rich, thick, and creamy body and mouthfeel. Very good Imperial Stout. Everything I like in the style and not too bitter. And again, this was, I think it was like a you know 10% uh, Imperial Stout. Let me see if I can find how much uh, IP. Uh, yeah, 10%. 10% Imperial Stout. This is a big beer. Didn't come across boozy. Wasn't too bitter from all that sweetness in there. Nice, thick, creamy smooth body i mean a fantastic beer everything i like in a good imperial stout five mm. cap rating all right let's move on to something a little bit lighter it's from it's a collaboration between fort george brewing out of astoria oregon level brewing out of portland and structures brewing i think also out of portland i've never heard of structures that's a new one to me this is their 2020 three-way ipa now i've talked about three-way ipa many times because every year I buy the three-way IPA because I really like what they do with this collaboration beer. Now I got to try to find it on my untapped little dead air. Okay, and uh, this this year is good. Now it's not as good as that year they did with uh, with Rubens Brew. They did Rubens, and I think they did. I don't remember who Rubens was with, but. That that collaboration was my favorite of the three-way. I went and picked up a number of four-packs of that beer because I just couldn't get enough of it. That one's like, I think I gave that one a five-cap rating. Uh, this one, though, I gave it a four-and-a-half-cap rating. So it's just below that that good one. And I said, damn, this has got a lot of tropical fruit juiciness going on, finishing with a bit of citrus zest for a subtle, bitter finish. Delicious, hazy IPA. Three-way IPA never disappoints. And this one definitely did not disappoint. Uh, so if you can go out and get that beer, go go try it. I think you guys will like it. And in my next one, Max 2, actually. Two, two beers from Jim Dandy Brewing. Now, my lovely daughter came to visit me 
the weekend before last. And when she came, she picked up some beers from Jim Dandy and brought them down to me. One of them was this first one. It's their two-year beer. They just celebrated their second anniversary of being open on July 4th, which is a great birthday. You know, mm-hmm. birthday of the uh, nation and birthday of uh, Jim Dandy. You'll never forget it. And they did their two-year beer, which was an IPA. It's a hazy IPA. And uh, this beer was very good. I gave it four and a half cap rating. I said, in my uh, untapped, I said, my lovely daughter came to visit with treats. Happy anniversary, Davis and Haley and Jim Dandy. Another tasty, hazy IPA. Lots of melony hop flavor. Very well done. And that's what that this beer had a ton of melon characteristics in there. Honeydew, cantaloupe, uh, you know, that kind of melon flavor that I really appreciated. So it was a little bit lighter, but it was still can't, it still had that tropical character, but it wasn't like pineapple and, and, and big, you know, mango and big things you're normally, it's like more subtle melony flavors that I really appreciated. So that was a good two year beer. And then the last beer that I had was also Jim Dandy. She also brought me down uh, a beer, a, a fruit beer called fruit snack. And uh, this beer was, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't getting very high ratings on Untapped at the time I drank it. But I don't think people that were rating it and drinking it really can appreciate what they did with this beer. And I'll just go ahead and read my description and I'll try to explain uh, what I was feeling from this beer. So it says, very well done beer. The mango flavor is subtle with a bit of fermentation fizz and mellowed out with the lactose without finishing too sweet. Davis and Haley never stop impressing me with their art for brewing. Cheers to my daughter for bringing me more beer. So this fruit beer had a unique, like, fermented fruit uh, zing to it. You know how when you, when, you let your, when you let your fruit go a little bit too long, and it starts to get a little bit tangy from mm-hmm. like starting to ferment. The sugar starting to ferment from the wild yeast in the air. And it gets that little tanginess. That tanginess, that type of tanginess was what was in this beer up front. So you drink this thing, you get this big mango flavor. And then after the flavor of that mango right on the front of your, of your taste buds goes away, it's like kind of like zaps those taste buds with this fermentation type, uh, this wild fermentation character and then and then the lactose kicks in and then it kind of mellows it out so it, it finishes very smooth and gives that really creamy nice m- uh, mouthfeel and finish and doesn't finish uh, bitter either it's not not too sweet but not too bitter it's like a perfect balance in there and to the to the to a person who maybe is, doesn't drink a lot of different types of beers and different types of sours and, and, and things, they may not have been able to really appreciate that this is a unique way of doing a sour beer. It wasn't really a sour. It was like a, like a fruit beer that had, a, a, you know, like this fermentation process done to it that made it taste a little bit tart, but it wasn't like sour tart. It was like a fermentation, wild fermentation tartness, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of, it's hard to explain. I I did understand the uniqueness of this beer, and I really enjoyed it. 
And that's why I gave this beer a four and a quarter rating beer uh, rating. I don't usually rate fruit beers very high because most fruit beers, in my opinion, uh, come across too sweet. Uh, I, they're either too sweet or, um, yeah, they're usually too sweet. Or sometimes they try to counter it out with with a weird bitterness at the end. And I, I just I don't, I'm not a big fruit. Fan. I think mean, Lambics is the one fruit beer that I that I truly love to death. I love Lambics. But in most other fruit beers, I'm not that big of a fan of. But this one, I was a fan of. So that's my new and noteworthy. If you can find these beers, go out and try them. So, Chris, what are your new and noteworthy beers? Yeah, so I only had a couple um, <clears throat> shorter list <laughs> again this week. But um, a lot of what I've been drinking has been off that keg that I bought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks Understood. ago. Understood. Um, so I, the first one I'm going to talk about is... I, is one that I think um, a lot of people would enjoy. It was from Three Floyds. It's their Dark Lord French Vanilla Militia from 2019. Now, the Dark Lord just base beer, I know, is a beer that a lot of people seek out. They even have Dark Lord Day, Day yeah. in in uh, Indiana, where Three Floyds is based. And I know a lot of people search this beer out. And it's a really good beer on its own. Mm-hmm. Just straight... Um, just the, the base beer is very good. A lot of people, though, would say, oh, it tastes like soy sauce. Mm, mm. There's a there's a very, uh, Jesus, there's two episodes in a row. It has a very uh, umami kind of flavor to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean, like, the flavor you'd get from mushrooms yeah. or a yeah. lighter meat or yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, and it does. I definitely notice where, where you could get that that uh that meaty flavor to it and honestly i like it mm-hmm. i really do um anyway this was their french vanilla militia and it was a little on the sweeter side i was fortunate enough to find this at a local restaurant where we frequent called the stein and vine which those guys have a phenomenal beer list um stuff that you probably wouldn't be able to find elsewhere. They they put the money out to buy a lot of these beers. And it's uh, it pays off for them because you can find some really cool stuff there. Anyway, gave it a four cap rating. Hmm. It was a little on the sweeter side. Yeah. Um, I, I ordered my original beer, which was just a Kolsch from Coppertail, which is right here in Tampa. And I was really enjoying the, the, the Kolsch. I was waiting for dinner to show up and happened to go through the beer menu again and went, Holy crap, they've got Dark Lord on tap here? Like, what is going on? So, I figured we had to get a, get at least a uh, six-ounce taster of it just to try it out, and I'm glad I did. So, <laughs> four rating on that one. Uh, again, it was a little sweeter. It'd be really good with, like, I think that would have been a really good beer with some, oh, for you guys, uh, Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream. <laughs> yeah, Haagen-Dazs. Okay, that, that would do it. The vanilla ice cream would be good, but I think the, the Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream would be just terrific with it. Yeah. Um, and the second one, uh, I've only got two beers on my list. The mm-hmm. second one was a cream ale from Three Bulls Tavern and Brewery. And I, I will admit, I am, a, I may be a little partial to this place. Uh, my friend Tracy and her husband Jim own this place, mm-hmm. and every beer that I've had from them that she's been brewing has been just so good. Yeah. Um, when you talk about beer flavored beer, this yeah. is it. Yeah. Uh, that cream ale though, Denny, is one that I hope I might be able to talk her into letting me buy a keg from her. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's just, it's, it's so right. It, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know how else to explain it. It's, it's lighter. It's got that, that little bit of hop bitterness in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, man, it's just good. It disappeared really fast. I had two of them and it was just uh, it was gone. <laughs> nice. It disappeared way too fast, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm so excited to see all the beers that they have on. And actually, their second anniversary was also on July fourth. Oh, oh um, nice. Nothing really. Nothing really. I don't think they had a party or anything. They're getting ready to start their their mug club mm-hmm. here pretty soon, if that ever happens. Um, but yeah, they've got they've got a lot of good things going. Uh, I was just chatting with them a little bit through social media. Just excited to see how they're growing and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my new and noteworthy. Uh, as far as beers go, um, but I do want to bring up one of our one of our recent guests from a previous season, uh, the folks over at Corporate Ladder. Oh yeah, yeah. And I can I just thinking about how they've had they had their second anniversary a couple couple months back, mm-hmm. um, and I I texted Blake the other day the uh, the owner one of the owners of Corporate Ladder. They have honestly become in this kind of I don't know. They've taken full advantage of the online ordering for for beers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have come. They have become the new angry chair of fruited sours. Oh wow! And it is nuts. <laughs> now they don't. Uh, the last I heard, any beer that they had in a can, they were canning on their crowler machine one at a time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot. Or, of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. Now I don't know how many they had on. Uh, ready to go but they've been having a lot of beer releases lately stuff that i that i would honestly want to get a hold of now they're a half hour away and i know half hour away is not really a big deal that's just me i know get out of here (laughs) all right (laughs) but every time they do a beer release they're selling out in about 10 minutes all right and man i I'm irritated and so excited for those guys all at the same time, just because they are, I, I love to see them, them grow. I love to see that them, that they're having this just success with their brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just pissed off. I can't get the beer. <laughs> um, but, man, I, I texted him the other day. I was like, man, you guys are becoming the angry chair of the fruited sour world. And he goes, yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm really kind of enjoying the, uh, the ride. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I bet you are, dude. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good that they can, even during these rough times, they're still able to succeed. So that's good. And hopefully it, it lasts well past the pandemic. And they just, but the, the problem is, is they didn't have plans to expand. So this is what their life is going to be mm-hmm. for a long time because they don't, they just want to brew in the in a smaller scale and not necessarily, you know, go like production worthy. Well, I think what's going to happen, and, and I kind of like the way this is working out. So right now in the state of Florida, uh, if you and this has been oh, this has been a, a headache with a lot of our breweries down here, uh, Levin Brewing specifically, which is about ten or fifteen minutes away from us, um, KJ and Jillian, they make some great stuff. Uh, I. I like their beer a lot. And the thing that they're running into is that they don't have a food license. Mm, So they can't, they can't have consumption on site. Uh, And it's, it's really screwing them over, man. It's a small, small business, um, a family owned business. And like, 
three bulls right down the street. They're brewing their own beer, but they're a restaurant too. So they're able to do consumption on site and all that stuff. So the folks that aren't uh, set up for consumption on site, they're doing these temporary food licenses and they're trying to get a food truck on, on yeah, site and, yeah. or, or start their own food truck just so they can have on site consumption. Uh, I think what, a, what is really saving guys like corporate ladder is they're basically taking their employees and they're like, come on, we're canning beer. Yeah. We're going to have a beer release and then we're going to sell those beers and that's how we're going to make our money. That's right. That's right. Um, and if they have the supply to do it, awesome. Cause that's going to help them out a lot. Yeah. Well, good. Um, good for them. But if you guys are in Florida, write your state representative, write governor uh, DeSantis and tell them to open them up. <laughs> Cause then there's, there's brewing beer. And they can't do anything with it unless you go buy it uh, as like a in a crawler or to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully things change here uh, yeah, sooner than later. That'd be good. Okay, Chris. Well, those are some great beers. But uh, now it's time to get into the section where we normally would talk about our feedback and our listener questions and, and such. But you know what? This COVID not only is affecting the beer the breweries, it's also affecting podcasts. <laughs> Nobody wants to participate. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any feedback from the show, which is sad because we do enjoy the interaction with our listeners. But don't worry. I have an idea on how we can promote more interaction from our listeners. So I am going to, we're going to, we, we as in Chris and I, and the community are going to come up with the best breweries in every state list. Our own list. You guys know. You, yeah, you guys know how we hate <laughs> lists, right? We hate lists because the jokers that are making these lists, they don't even drink the beer. They don't even live in the state. They don't even know anything about what beer, what good beer is in the area that, that we know. Like all of, our, all of our listeners in these towns, they know where the good beer is at. So let's hear we want to hear from our listeners about your favorite breweries in all 50 states. So here's what here's where this came from. So I've been having some chats on social media with the guys from the Brewnomics podcast. I mentioned them on the last episode. And we are in consensus that the people doing these beer lists are completely out of touch with reality. So we're working on a collaboration between the two shows to make our own real list, real from real people that drink these beers and know what they're talking about. So we're going to start with a list of the best breweries in the Pacific Northwest. Now, ideally, we'd like to, you know, just do all 50, but that's, we are, I already know that that's out of, that's not going to happen, right? We can't write, you know, just sit down and, and gather one big list. That just wouldn't work. Let's go ahead and break it down in a small section. So we're going to start with the Pacific Northwest. I know that a lot of our listeners are around the country not necessarily in the Pacific Northwest. Maybe they aren't as familiar with all the different breweries because they don't get those breweries out there. But that's okay. Uh, we're going to be going across and doing these different regions across the state. So what I want you guys to do is uh, is here. Here's what I want from you. I want you to pick your three favorite breweries in every state. Now, you don't have to do all 50. Uh, you can do whatever states that you, you are comfortable with picking three breweries, or even if you don't have three breweries to pick, you can pick one or two if you know two breweries that you really like and you really really enjoy. Take those three breweries and rank them from three in in a ranking of three. So you're going to have three breweries. 
the best one on your list will be number three. We'll put a three in front of it or behind it. The second will be two, and the last one on your list, it's the third favorite, would be one. Now, why are we numbering that way? Because we're going to use those numbers for when we have other people that might add the same brewery you did, they may give that brewery a two or a one where you gave it a three. Well, we're going to go ahead and combine those numbers so the more people that rate it higher on their list, that number will grow for that brewery and they will become the best brewery in the state according to uh, you know, our, our real people list. So um, I, you can submit as many states as you want. No obligation to submit all 50. And you don't have to uh, do it all at once. We're going to start with the Pacific Northwest. So if all you want to do is just go ahead and join in and, and play along. And if you know some good breweries that you have enjoyed from the states I'll mention here in a minute, then go ahead and make lists for that and send them in to us. And we will count those. And then as we do other lists or regions, just go ahead and send those in. You can do them, you know, a little bit at a time. And uh, I only want you guys to list breweries that you've actually drank beer from. Don't just go and find the ones that are rated high because of friends or people you know or your it's on your your you know bucket list or whatever. No, I want these to be breweries that you truly enjoy drinking from. So only only submit breweries that you've had beer from. Now as a bonus to get you guys all motivated to participate in this list creation is we're gonna go ahead and make this part of our contest with our new sponsor, Brewer Shirts. So the number of states you provide entries for will be the number of entries that you'll be entered into our next contest for the $20 gift card to Brewer Shirts. So if you do all 50 states, guess what? You have 50 chances to win that gift card. So it's, you know, this is a little bit of an incentive for you guys to get out there, make a couple, make a few lists, send them to us. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Now, we're starting with the states of Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, and I'm throwing in uh, Alaska. Why Alaska? Well, because Alaska is off by itself. Um, and there's not they a lot. They count of, too, damn they, it. They do count. <laughs> and I figured they're not necessarily Pacific Northwest. They're probably the north, uh, like far north, the, the tundra, the Arctic. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I uh, I just wanted to throw them into Pacific Northwest because it gives us six six states to go ahead and, and accumulate breweries for. And I'm guessing that there's not a lot of people that have had a lot of beer from Alaska. So maybe Alaska won't get very many people participating. That's okay. Uh, but there are a few of us that have had beers from breweries in Alaska that really enjoy the beers, and we can go ahead and make a list with that. So just go ahead and send those in. Uh, you can do that. Uh, what do I have written down here? Um, I guess just send them to our uh, either our email at tapticraft at gmail.com or through Twitter. Just DM me, DM our Twitter account or Facebook. You can DM us on Facebook and leave your, your entries for the states you want to participate for. So that's how you can get the, your uh, stuff into us. We're going to be doing this. I don't know when this is. We're, we're hoping to do this collaboration with Brunomics. And uh, we can use their host. They have four hosts. Chris and I, have, we have two of us. I'm hoping to also suggest to them that if we do it, that maybe they can pull their listener base so that we'll have uh, Brunomics listener base uh, rankings along with the Brunomics crew, plus we'll have Tactic Craft rankings plus our listener crew. That will just give us more 
more entries in to the polling to to get breweries that you know may not be as well known to get a higher chance of being uh, number one in that state. So I guess I I rambled on about this a little bit. I'll, what we'll do is we'll make some posts on Twitter and Facebook that will will have the rules and and have the uh, you know have what you need to do to to do this and and probably within the next month or you know month or so. Uh, maybe I'll be getting on the, you know, we'll get together with the Brunamis crew and we'll do a, uh, uh, like a, a mashup podcast between the two of us and, and maybe Chris can join us too if we can figure out how to, uh, if they have the capability of calling, you know, giving, do, getting our Google Hangouts going and they can, uh, we can all participate. If not, then I can just read Chris's entries off too and, uh, and we'll see how, how we do. So there, there you go. Um, look for the, the post on social media and get a, your chance to to win uh, a $20 gift card. Okay, Chris. Wait, actually, let me just tell you one more time before we get into other stuff here. Uh, if you'd like to contact the show with your comments, questions, or, of course, uh, your entries for our list, uh, you can do that at email at taptocraft.gmail.com or Twitter. Just follow us at taptocraft. And, of course, on Facebook, at facebook.com slash tap the craft. Don't forget, we do have the voicemail number. So if you want to leave it in voicemail form, you can do that too. You can call 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY to leave your feedback and your answers. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com and we invite you to check out the other shows on the network. All right, well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we discuss hops, our second hop session where we pull a few hops out of the bag and we discuss their characteristics. And in this session, we're covering some of the English-style hops. Now, remember, I'm not an expert. I don't know this stuff out of the top of my head. I, didn't, I don't go study it and, and, and talk about it all the time. So I had to go pull some information from some websites and I picked them from a freshhops.com page called Hop Variety Descriptions and the hoplist.com page, Hops Variety. Those are the two main main sources that I grabbed the information. They, they, but in combination of both those, I get some good information. And again, I want to kind of, we're going to talk about the different types of hops, whether they're aroma hops, bittering hops, or dual purpose hops. So let me just remind you guys what these categories are about. Uh, aroma hops have a lower alpha acid percentage and an oil profile associated with good aroma. These hops are generally used as a finishing or conditioning hop. And bitter hops have a higher alpha acid percentage. These hops are generally uh, used in the boiling process to extract bitterness. And the dual purpose hops have a qualities of both aroma hops and bitter hops and both provide our aromatic and bittering characteristics. All right. Chris, why don't you go ahead and start us off with the Fuggle Hops? Uh, I just love the name of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Fuggle Hops, this variety was noticed growing wild in the hop garden of George Stace Moore's house. Wow. These are fun words. George <laughs> Stace Moore's house in Horsmanden in Kent, England in 1861. In 1875, it was introduced by Richard Fuggle, poor guy, mm. uh, who lived in the village of Brenchley, not far from Horsmanden, <laughs> and hence 
It was called Fuggle. Well, imagine that. Well, it's not just a clever name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At its peak nearly 100 years ago, Fuggle was known as a dual-use hop. Today, however, as other higher alpha-acid varieties have become more prevalent, it's now more prominently used for its aroma. Hmm. Fuggle hops offer a classic English aroma with a moderate bittering value. And Fuggle hops offer pleasant wood and fruit notes, which will have you heading off to the hunt. Mm. The aroma is earthier and less sweet than Kent Golding's. And the category of this hop would be an aroma hop. Styles in which you would use this beer, English ale, porter, mild ale, bitters, extra special bitters, lambics. Hey, there you go, Danny. Amber ales, cask ales, stouts, oatmeal stouts, strong ale, nut brown ale, gold ale, Christmas ale. So there's a lot of uses for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's <used> for everything. <laughs> you can use it for a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, substitutes, U.S. Fuggles. Oh, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> uh, Will Met, uh, Styrian Golding, Tetanang, or Newport hops would be all good substitutes for this one. Their alpha acids are going to be anywhere from 2.4 to 6.1. What do you measure alpha acids in? It's a percentage of how many uh, of the acids are in the hops. So I don't know. There's got to be like some kind of acid measurement that they're measuring when they squeeze the hop juices out. (laughs) I don't know. That would be a good question for Haley uh, uh, Gove when she comes on the show next. We'll ask her about how do you measure alpha acid? Maybe she knows. (sighs) Okay. Well, Wikipedia is. I'm not trusting Wikipedia for this one. Okay. All right. So the, uh, the East, uh, is this where you're picking up? Yeah, or am let, I me picking pick, up let me pick up some. Okay. You I, don't got that. You, I don't want you to talk. I, I just wanted you. I was talking a little bit with that contest and that uh, list thing. I thought I'd give you a little time to get some action on the air. So I like some good action. Yeah. Some good action. You know, at least I, you know, Hey, I did good this, this week. Right. I, I didn't mention anything. You know what? Like, like we had in the past, <laughs> I, I kept it clean. Just for well, you. if you if you uh, you know, I don't like it clean. <laughs> um, but you know, if if you want, you can check out this homebrewersassociation.org dot uh, org uh, forum. Uh, they were they were talking about the method for measuring alpha acids and hops involves several regents and the spectrophotometer. Oh. You want to read into that a little oh, more? Wow! You know yeah. what? Maybe next episode I will. Uh, I'll dive into that. Thank you for for uh, let me know because I, I. You know what? It'd be curious just to know how they measure it since we're talking about it. How do we measure it? But if it's too sciencey, I might have to you know not be so detailed because I don't like too much science. A little bit of science is okay. Science is fantastic. Yeah. We are you kidding? We talked about yeast. <laughs> I know, but that was about the extent of my science. I mean, I, I am a scientist, but I'm not a real scientist. <laughs> I don't Are like you, talking science. What? That makes no sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but Fuggle. Fuggle hops, probably the number one hops that you think of when you think of of English hops. I think Fuggle is, is one first one that I think of when I think of it. The second one I think of, when I think of English hops, is the East Kent Golding hops, also known as Kent Golding, also known as EKG, also known as Canterbury Golding. Wow, this hop has got a lot of different names. And you know what? On that 80 list, that list of 80 different hops, 
it might be listed four or five times because it's all the same hop. On that I just like that's... they're called EKG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a, they got cool names. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, all right. So the East Kent Golding is often thought of as the ultimate English hop, grown exclusively in Kent, England, and descended from Canterbury White Bine. It is a centuries-old variety. Despite claims to the contrary, it is identical to the Canterbury Golding. The two names have been used interchangeably for some time. Canterbury is a town in East Kent, and the hops was first brought to market there in 1790. Some, however, charge to this day that East East Kent Golding and Canterbury Golding are two distinct varieties, though there is no clear evidence to support this. The variety began to be known primarily as East Kent Golding in 1838. It has a good yield in England, but has shown to have an even better yield in Oregon after its introduction there in 1994. It has an amazing aroma profile with lavender, spice, honey, and notes of thyme. Flavor-wise, it's earthy and mildly bittering with a sweet, silky, honey-like character. East Kent Golding is considered to be the quintessential English hop, long held as one of the island's favorites for ales and pale ales. This is also an aroma type hop. It's used in styles such as pale ale, the extra special English ale, the English dark ale, the English light ale, Belgian ales, and Christmas ales. Now, one thing we've noticed, Chris, in the last two sessions that we've done is that Christmas ale pretty much can be, any hop can be used in Christmas ale because mm-hmm. even our 3C hops are using Christmas ales, and now all these English hops are also using Christmas ales. So it seems to be very uh, uh, universal. Christmas ale is universal hop. It doesn't care. Our Christmas, or our Christmas ale is just the garbage can. Yeah, it's a garbage. Yeah, it's the garbage can beer. So. Hey, uh, we got uh, we got another bag of these uh, these Fuggle hops over here. I just throw them in the Christmas ale. Yeah, just throw them in there. That'll take care of it. That'll work. That'll work. All right, you can substitute some white bread Golding, or I mean, not white, wit bread Golding, some Progress, some Fuggle, or some First Gold, in place of these uh, East Kent Goldings. The alpha acid is a little bit higher. Uh, but it's a small range. It's minimum of five, maximum of six. It's a very tight alpha acid. It's, uh, yeah, it's right there that, uh, you're going to have a, you know, five to six. That's it. So it's not very, uh, flexible in the, in the alpha, but it is an aroma. So you can get some good, uh, some good aromas there. Some lavender, spice, honey, notes of thyme. That's, that sounds great to me. Okay, Chris. We have one last hop we're going to talk about as far as the English hops are concerned. So why don't you go ahead and finish us off? And, you know, I I, um, I didn't know about this one. Hmm. I uh, You said three three hops, and I was like, oh, well, I know Fuggle. I know the East Kent Golding. Yeah, what was the third one you're going to your thought? The third one? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, it wasn't this one. But, hey, you know what? We're learning. Um, the third one is going to be the Pioneer Hop. Honestly, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> have you? Uh, I, I I have heard of Pioneer, but okay. I don't know if I've had many beers with it. 
Okay, well, you know when I heard of it? Today. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, you know, maybe just didn't know about it. Anyway, the Pioneer has a classic English aroma and mild-tempered bittering despite its very high cohumulone levels. Perfect. Nailed that one. You did. Um, it's considered more than suitable for use at any point in the brewing process. <laughs> more than suitable. More than suitable. Uh, it was bred at Y College from Omega and its sister... And is a sister to Harold. Mm. Harold is a horrible sister's name, by the way. <laughs> oh, Pioneer is the sister. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> On the palate, it features clean, refreshing, bittering, and an aroma profile of lemon and grapefruit citrus, herbaceous essences, and trailing notes of cedar. Yeah. Yeah. This is a hop that I think I would enjoy. I just want to say herbaceous essences again. <laughs> its category could be dual purpose. Uh, and styles you would see this beer used in, India Pale Ale or IPA, Red Ale, Specialty Ale, Strong Bitter. No Christmas no Ale. No what? No Christmas yeah. Ale. Oh, damn. Screw you, Christmas Ale. <laughs> um, substitutes, though, East Kent Golding, which is for good use in Christmas Ale. So, yeah. so technically, if you want to get <laughs> If and then, if yeah. you want to do some if and then statements, yeah, we can be. make it. We can make it a Christmas ale yeah, style. Yeah, we could, we could. <laughs> All right, and the alpha acids are going to be at a minimum of eight and a maximum of ten. Yeah, yeah. So it is. It's still purpose in the fact that it's not too bitter. It's not going to get you know. It's not way up there at, at the you know seventeen, twenty, thirty. But it's. But uh, it is low enough to keep those aromas in there and give you a little bit of bitterness. But it is higher than the other two. Mm -hmm. So it's going to give you a little bit more bitter. But, yeah, this Pioneer Hops, uh, interesting, right? I guess I could have talked about the Omega or the Herald. But uh, I wanted to, I thought Pioneer Hops sounded more sexy. So that's why I picked that one. Well, there you go. Those are our English hops that we talked about is there if there's another english hop that we did not talk about and you want to hear about it leave us some feedback and we'll talk about it next show there you go there's a little little uh little kick in the pants there if, you, if i if i didn't cover what you want me to cover let me know and i will cover it okay chris it's time to dive in to some craft beer news around the craft beer industry and i found three articles uh, the first one's going to be the longest, uh, but I thought it was interesting. A little bit of history. I love history, and mm -hmm. I love history of beer. So this one's going to give us a little bit of our history lesson. Uh, and then the next two are going to be a little bit shorter, just tell us a little bit of stuff going on in the industry. So I'll start it off with the first article is, After a mass rejection of skunky beer, lagering saved the day, and Pilsner made it joyful. And this article was found on the Seattle Times website, written by Tantri Weija. All right. I'll start it off. It, the year was 1838. The place was the city of Plaisen, uh, in what was then Bohemia and what is now uh, Chechia. Yeah, I'm, I'm bad with uh, these things, but Chechia. And what was the Czech Republic just before that? The people of Pleasen loved beer, and they were known for their brewing skill. But one day, in 1838, beer drinkers in Pleasen took their barrels of their precious brew and dumped it in the streets 
leaving it to course down the muddy tracks, pull in the gutters, and dribble into nearby rivers and streams like an effluvia from the dissatisfied god. Because it was skunky. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Nobody likes skunky beer. This theatrical moment of customer dissatisfaction was perhaps due to the tendency of some Czech people to be exacting about things in general, but beer can be volatile and finicky, particularly top fermented beers, which is what all beers were for eons and eons since the Mesopotamians first decided to drink their bread. And yes, we talked about the first beers coming from the water off of bread mm-hmm. yeast. So, uh, very, very, uh, it's bring back some of our previous content from our other shows. All right, Chris, why don't you continue the story? I do. And, and I'm also, I'm looking at, I'm like, I want to be that guy who just goes, you know what? You idiots are fermenting all your beer on top. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the guy that does it at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And top fermenting, which is how you make ales. The beer yeast floats in the foam on top of the beer, doing its job, eating sugars and pooping alcohol. Brewing in warm weather can cause bacteria to overrun the yeast floating in the foamy fermentation atop the vat, skunking the beer. Mm. Bottom fermentation was invented by the Bavarians, a.k.a. the Germans mostly, in the early 1400s when they discovered they could brew beer in the summer if they did it in cool, dark caves. The yeast that could function under these conditions tended to float to the bottom of the vat, fermenting the beer from the bottom up. This process is called lagering and results in a cleaner, crisper, clearer beer, a lot of errs, Mm -hmm. that shines like liquid gold, and humans always have been drawn to gold. Of course. Yeah. This is the process the city of Pison began performing in its collective brewery the year after the beer flood. Hey, if I'm going out, I'm going out and flood a beer. I want to ride that, that yep. flood. Yeah, put a surfboard on it. Loggers, while refreshing, can be a bit one-note Budweiser looking at you. Uh, but one of the Pison Brewery's imported beer meisters, a Bavarian named Joseph Grohl, added some sauce. There you go. Sats hops from nearby Zatek. And along with what is said to be Pison's superior soft water, Grohl developed the style of beer we call we today call the Pilsner. Hmm. It was an immediate hit. Pilsners are the fun artistic cousins of the lager world. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Fun artistic cousin. Uh, delicate, floral, and spicy from the hops, and many beer people will insist that for Pilsners, they must be Zotz hops. <laughs> they also look different in the glass. In Chechia... Pilsners are poured with an intentionally thick, intentionally thick head of foam meant to seal in the flavor of the beer once it's left the cask. That original Bohemian Pilsner from that collective brewery in Pison was Pilsner Urquell. Mm. Urquell. It's Urquell, right? Yeah, Urquell. Yeah, Urquell, which you can still purchase to this day pretty much anywhere you can get Budweiser. Thank you, Budweiser. <laughs> Thank you, Budweiser. <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I uh, I hadn't heard this story before, and I thought I don't know. If, I mean, I'm assuming it's true, but hey, it's a good story, a good little article that uh, shows you that hey, nobody likes skunky beer, and I didn't realize that 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 I mean, I know where the skunk comes for comes from 
after the beer has been brewed and it may not be skunky when you first put it in the bottle, but if you have that light struck, it'll skunk mm-hmm. it. I know that kind of skunky. I didn't realize that the skunkiness can come even before it gets packaged. Yeah. If you have too hot of, you know, uh, environment and that, uh, you know, yeast starts to, uh, you know, get funky and skunky. Mm-hmm. So interesting article. I thought I, I thought our listeners would enjoy something fun and history. So we have some fun history. All right. Now let's get into some technology. Uh, this article is called John I. Haas Incorporated, Incorporated introduces Lupomax, concentrated lupulin pellet. <laughs> now, come on, with a Lupomax, I was very, I was drawn right to this article because I'm like, ooh, this sounds, this sounds like fantastic, right? Some sci-fi yeah. beer stuff going on. I found Lupo this. Lupomax 3000. Yeah, exactly. You need a number. That's, you know what? They missed their mark. They should have had a yep. number at the end of it. Damn it. Quick, copyright that. Yeah. <laughs> so I found this article on the Brew Public website written by DJ Paul. It's pretty much, he has a, he has a, uh, a few things in here, but it's pretty much like a, you know, like a, uh, news release type thing. But I'll, I'll start it off. A new concentrated hop pellet is now available from John I. Haas Incorporated. Now brewers can use the new Lupomax that offers a consistent lupulin concentration for optimized hop flavor. John I. Haas Incorporated, a world-leading hop supplier and innovator, introduced its latest breakthrough in hop-forward brewing innovation, Lupomax. The company's new concentrated lupulin pellet reliably delivers great hop flavors brewers and consumers crave while reducing beer loss. It's a win-win-win. Designed with targeted specifications for reliable brewing performance each and every time. Lupomax is available today in some of our most popular hop brands like Citra, Mosaic, and Sabro, with more choices coming with the two, the 2020 crop. <laughs> Call now. Operators are standing by. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Backed by the John I. Haas Sensory Plus process that combines sensory-based hop selection with advanced technical analysis and proprietary manufacturing process. Secrets. Loop, yeah, <laughs> secrets. Secret squirrel stuff over here. <laughs> Lupamax adds an invaluable solution to optimize hop flavors while reducing beer loss. We said that in the previous paragraph. Yeah. Uh, bigger, bolder, brighter. The reduced vegetative matter of Lupamax pellets gives me a clean hop flavor and really saves us beer loss, too. Again, we said that in the previous paragraph. <laughs> Says Haas Innovations Brewery head brewmaster Virgil McDonald in a statement. It can be used at any stage in the brewing process, but it really shines where flavor intensity and reducing beer loss matter most. I don't know if you guys are following along, but this helps reduce beer loss. (laughs) Hey, it's Uh, all in marketing. Yeah. Lupomax. That's that's either a hop uh, substitute, a hop, you know, concentrated hop pellet, or that is a uh, erection pill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, it's interesting because if this is a new hop pellet that can uh, really help in giving us more flavors, uh, then I'm okay with it. As long as, you know, it's giving more flavors without giving you that vegetal 
byproduct, hey, more power to it. As long as they don't, don't charge know. you too much for it. Uh, well, that was my first question. Well, what's this going to cost us? Are we talking about those cryo hops kind I, of prices? I, I, I think this this shouldn't be. I, I'm thinking that this is going to be in the same. It's uh, Maybe out the door, it'll be a little bit higher than the traditional pellet hops you're going to get right now because it's new and they, and they got to try to make up the the money they spend in the technology if there's really, you know, it's all secret, right? They 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 put all these you know, specially patented, you know, proprietary manufacturing processes. But that costs money. So it might be yeah. a little bit more than the pellet, but I don't think it's going to be as expensive as the cryo hops. But keep in mind, the cryo hops do cost more, but you get a lot more bang for your your buck with the cryo yeah, hops. Yeah, but you're also using half as much. And half as much, this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know this about Lupomax, but it uh, <laughs> not only does it really shine where the flavor intensity, it reduces beer loss. <laughs> it reduces beer loss. So if you can sell more beer, you're going to make money back. So you make your money back in the money that you spend on these Lu- yeah. Lupomax. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was an interesting thing to keep your eye out. For all our homebrewers out there, keep your eye out for Lupomax. Hey, give it a try. Give us some feedback. Let us know how it worked for you. If you're a home brewer and you try some Lupo Max pellets, hey. Or John, we need you. Yeah, John. John, this is for you. We we put this in here just so you could write in and say, Lupo Max is the best, man. That's all uh-huh. I use. Uh-huh. They rock. He's got a t-shirt and a, and <laughs> yeah, a hat on every one of his beers that says brewed with Lupo Max. Yeah, yeah. His tap handles have Lupo Max uh, <laughs> on there. Copyrights on them. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Uh, all right. Okay, now into another kind of interesting uh, packaging article. You know, beer packaging can be kind of boring. Uh, we all, Chris and I love labels, right? We're all into label art. We're into innovative, creative uh, beer names also. You know, we love beer mm-hmm. names. But the, the artwork, right? If you have a attractive packaging, it's, you know, people are going to be, drawn to it and you know what i have bought more beer based on the looks of it without even knowing about it uh then i then i should seconded yeah, yeah so seconded. absolutely yeah so it works well here's a way that you can you know you can get your beer label out there but you can also provide the drinker with more information whatever you might want to put in there and uh, that's what the story is this this article is this cool story label from Century Printing and Packaging opens up for more content space. And this is a press release that I found on the Craft Brewing Business website. So behind every craft beer, there is a great story. Whether it's the brewery's roots, origins, their family ownership, or the type of beer, there is always a story. Century Printing and Packaging in Greer, South Carolina, has released a brand new story label Story label, <laughs> in case I didn't come across. Story label. Story label to help craft breweries tell their story and unhinge their brand. The all-new high-performance story label is like the hinge on a door. Consumers can open the industry-conforming label and connect to the brewery through their stories. Brewers can double their content space in a proven label that sticks in cold and wet environments. The possibilities are endless for stories to put a face on your brewery and connect with consumers on a more personal level. 
Century Printing and Packaging has built a strong reputation for dependable, durable, and high-performance labels for craft beer, nutraceuticals, and CBD. <laughs> Nutri- yeah, so if you ever want to have a fun story, go look up the term nudical. That's a dog-related term, and that's a prosthetic testicle that your dog can get. Anyway, uh, high-performance labels for craft beer, nutraceuticals, and CBD products. The flexographic labels ensure stunning colors and detailed graphics detailed graphics to make your product stand out from the competition. Because the plates are done in-house, the turnaround time is fast, whether you need a few thousand or several hundred thousand labels. The ink used in the process is proven water-based product that's environmentally friendly. So I look at these and this is, as soon as I saw this, Denny, mm-hmm. it reminded me of like the bottle of Tylenol. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. just, hey, here's the label. And then you peel back the label and there's all the drug facts. Yeah. 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 Like, like, you know, for me, the first thing I thought of was like when you go to the the garden section, you buy some herbicide or something, right? You That's have a, a label. way to look at it. And then you just open it. You, you, it says peel here. You peel it. Now you have a whole instruction book in there that tells you yep. all the things it's going to do to you when you use it. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think this is really interesting. I And I don't, I mean, yeah, it's great to be able to tell a story. I think it's great to be able to explain to the customer, consumer, more about what beer they're drinking, right? Yeah. You see a beer and, it, and they want to have a great artwork on there. But they also want to have the ability to go ahead and put some pros in there to tell them more details about what is in that beer, why you did this, or what's spe- what's special about it, and what a great way of of sharing that content with the consumer. And I'm hoping that this type of labeling will become a norm, and we'll see more and more breweries be able to to do this, and and share. And, and we can learn as a consumer and learn more about the beer we're drinking. I, I think it's mm-hmm. fantastic. So that, that's why I included that one. I um, like that one. Yeah. yeah. And one of the first articles that we've ever put up, Denny, that included pictures in our notes. Well, I, I, I put the picture because I, I wanted you to – it's kind of hard to understand what you mean by story label. So mm-hmm. like when we just – I was, you know, I was planning on kind of explaining the whole, you know, peel back, and you did too. Uh, and so I wanted you to be able to know exactly what the story label was. So I put two photos in there just for you. So you I love it. I love a good picture. <laughs> <laughs> a picture tells it. I, I mean, that's a thousand words right there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Certainly is. Yeah. So there we go, Chris. Uh, another uh, content packed show, but this time, you know what? We're keeping it down to about an hour and a half. We're really we truncated a little bit. I feel good. We're going to try you know to what? help out our friends that like short shows. Yeah. And you know what? In seven seasons, it's amazing that we're finally able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't talk much, but we, our last episode was the, was the end of our sixth, sixth year. <laughs> that was, that's extra two THs at the yeah. end for those of yeah. you who it, didn't notice. It's, uh, it's hard to believe that six years have gone by. And we have not missed a single episode in t- every two weeks. We lose an episode, 26, yep. 26 episodes per season, per year. Uh, and last episode was our 26th for season six. Now we're on episode one of season seven. And 
hey, I'm happy that we're still going. I'm glad that we still, I'm amazed we still have content, right? There's a reason, there's a couple reasons why I do a bi-weekly show. One is I don't have a time to, to go and mm-hmm. research and do this stuff for every week, right? And, and you know, to, to get take time away from you and John when he was doing it to do it every week, that's a big commitment and, I, and we get burnt out very quickly. So I, I didn't want to do weekly for that. Also, I didn't want to run out of content. I didn't want to phone it in every week. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to have make sure that we could put in some quality content. So that's why it's every two weeks. And we're still going strong with content. And we're just now really doing kind of a further deep dive into the hops after six years. So Well, and, and I have to say, as as a listener first, I was kind of pissed. I was like, man, can't you just... Can't you guys just release a show every week? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I have to wait two weeks for this. Yeah. On the flip side of it, though, guys, Denny <laughs> is the one that writes all these outlines for us, um, and I, I just happen, just I happen to fill in notes where he puts my name, and I were talking about a couple of beers. Uh, he puts way more time into this than I do. So, cheers to you, Denny, for doing that because wow. I, cheers. you come up with a lot of stuff in here. Um, there's no way I'd have the time to do this without you. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily I get up early. Uh, I mean, I'm an early riser, so I have lots of time in the morning that I do stuff like this. So it all works out. And I've been, I actually did the notes for this outline. The majority of them, I did it the day after the show released last week or last time. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was on top of it. I, this hop stuff is, uh, you know, it's got me kind of excited because I want to learn mm-hmm. more about these different hops. And so I just dove right back into it. I was like, you know what? We just released this show and I went and I'm excited about the hops. I'm just going to go ahead and add more hop stuff into it. And I'll probably do the same thing this week. I'll probably finish the show, get it posted. And I'll probably just dive right back in and, and do some, some more hops. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, of, of where I want to go now. I think I might go into the German, the German hops, maybe European, maybe the European hops make, Mm-hmm. You know, do a couple, maybe do more than just three this time. I, I'm also trying to keep them into a, a condensed fashion. I don't want to just rattle on about 10 different hops because then it just gets kind of drug on. So I'm trying to do three, maybe four hop varieties to, so you guys can not get too bored with the, the content, but also give you some, you know, some information on that. And also too, crap, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and every time that I go in to put in my notes, whether it's, you know, 30 minutes before we start or the day before we start, those outlines are always there. Mm-hmm. Those outlines are always there. So, yeah. All right, Chris, uh, it's time to call the show, you know, call it to a close. But before we close the show out, I always want to give you an opportunity to raise a glass to something like raise a glass. So who... Would you like to raise your glass to tonight? Well, this is the section of the outline that I didn't fill out today. <laughs> uh, but I would really love to raise a glass to, um, especially here in Florida, uh, all the all the breweries and any business right now that that's struggling because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not sure where their next step is, uh, what they need to do to kind of get things up and running. Um, and just kind of across the country, too. I think... Uh, this is this is putting a damper on a lot of people's businesses, uh, and I just want to raise a glass to you guys. I it's I know it's a struggle, 
Um, and I would really love to see this come to an end, you know, November 4th when the election happens. Um, <laughs> and, and we can kind of get back to our, our everyday lives. Um, but I, for those of you that are struggling uh, in your businesses, you're not sure where the next step is. Uh, it will work itself out uh, soon. Keep keep pushing forward. You guys will get there. Mm. Um, and guys, if, if, if it is a beer-related business and you can go out and support them, go order some to-go beers, grab a couple crawlers, every little bit helps. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's going to be, even if you drop 25, 30 bucks and grab a couple crawlers, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest win for those guys mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Uh, for those folks who can't, uh, stay open for on-site consumption and things like that. So want to big raise a big glass of those, not only here in Florida, but across the country and across the world for those who are struggling with that. So, yeah, cheers to that. Stay strong. Keep, keep chugging along for sure. Yeah. What about you, Denny? Uh, who would you like to raise a glass to? Well, I have a special toast I like to give out to. I already kind of gave a toast out on Untapped uh, the day I found out about it, but my buddy Ziv Cohen from Israel, uh, he, he and his wife gave, or his wife gave birth to his first child, a son named Aviv. So cheers to you, Ziv. Cheers to your wife and your son. Uh, many blessings to you. And uh, he saved, uh, last time he was here in Boise was three years ago. Wow. And he brought back some beer with him. And he, and one of the beers he brought back, he was going to sell her. And I think it, I think we were talking about a good beer to, to sell her. And, and I, I mentioned the old stock ale from North Coast Brewing. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about the, old stock ale on the show before and it it's a it's that beer is made for aging old stock ale is made to age and just get better and better as it as it ages and he aged that one for three years and he he was waiting for the right special moment to crack it open and he cracked it open three years it was 2017 bottle he cracked it open three years uh, to celebrate the birth of his son so um uh, my last uh, bit of beer in my glass here, Ziv, is to you and your family. Cheers and uh, congratulations. And mazel. Mazel tov. Mm -hmm. All right. And also, again, uh, I always like to mention uh, towards the end of the show, give my thanks out to all the men and women out there protecting our freedoms. You know, I was, I was in the military. I was in the Navy for eight years, uh, served on board uh, nuclear submarines. You know, I have a close kinship to even – you know, military members uh, today, I, I understand what they're going through. I know it's tough. And I just want to go ahead and raise my glass to everything you guys are doing. I really appreciate it. And you're you're not forgotten. So cheers to you. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, raise a glass to our sponsor? Sure. I want to raise a glass to the folks over at BrewerShirts.com. Brewer Shirts is one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. They screen print their teas by hand in their home studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. You guys can visit their online store at BrewerShirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. You can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can I just follow you? 
So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, never on there. Uh, <laughs> or you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And of course you can find me on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. It's last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and of course, Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new episode every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.